Coach Ben here, and this is the Benchcast. And I'm sitting here with small arm, leg strong. And it's a beautiful Thursday midday. This is some real spring we got going yeah, we on. we got nice, nice weather out here. It's starting to warm up in New York. Uh, unfortunately, well, we got a plane flying through right now. Oh, I got, a, got background I have audio. a fan going in the gym. It's one of those automatic bullshits, so we're going to have to figure this out for future episodes so we don't have a fan going, but if you're hearing anything, uh, it's probably the fan in the background there. So, beautiful day out, Elvis. We're doing an episode of the Benchcast. So, I just uh, posted up one recently uh, with Rich Sibia down in Holyoke. We did a bench clinic down there. It was a great time. Um, so, check out those backlogged episodes if you haven't. He talks a little bit about his transition from raw powerlifting over to multiply gear. And it uh, seems like a lot of people have been trying to get in the gear lately, been seeing others do it, and it seems to be growing a little bit, catching back on. Back in the day, powerlifting was only geared powerlifting. There was no raw. Nowadays, it's like 90% raw, if not more. No one knows what equipment is. What happened was all these raw guys came in looking like bodybuilders. Really got everybody yeah, involved. And everyone's into it. like shredded now. Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> just throw me some donuts and let's lift some shit. What happened to big old boobies on dudes? <laughs> I'm still rocking them. Uh, anyway, you read any good books lately? So I actually just finished uh, Jordan Peterson's book, Twelve uh, Rules and Antidote to Chaos. That was a pretty good book. What the hell's that about? It's about getting your life together. You're just getting all your shit, getting all your shit together, and uh, your shit together. working on yourself. What was the takeaways from that? Uh, 12 some main rules. Things. Some big things is, um, I got to say, just you, it, focus your day on the little wins. Little wins lead to bigger wins. Bigger wins lead to opportunities. And build upon that. It's a pretty good takeaway from that one. Yeah, Without giving away too much. That's a good one. Making sure you're uh, letting that, that kind of snowball effect. Start your day out right and just kind of build from there. It's positive momentum builds upon itself. Yep. Yeah, that's a big thing, setting yourself up for opportunities. You know, everyone uh, you know, sees these successful people, and then they, they kind of get pissed that things don't happen to them. But, you know, they didn't just, you know, it seems like they fell on to really grand opportunities, but, you know, they had to do work to get those opportunities to spur up. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a football guy, so I'll, go, I'll reference some Tom Brady. All right, Tom Brady, you know, he was never – the greatest football player and he was, was like a backup I think in college for a little bit too and yep man he gets to the pro it's like third string and then no one expects Drew Bledsoe to go down that he was their guy and then all of a sudden he just signed a contract extension that year too Drew Bledsoe yeah Drew Bledsoe. and then all of a sudden he just takes a hit and he's like bleeding on the inside shit's not going well for Drew Bledsoe and uh here comes Tom Brady and uh you know you might have thought he just got lucky but he put himself in that position, and you know, that's how you got to approach your life, too. You just got to set yourself up for good opportunities to happen to you. you know, so I'm sure there's some good takeaways from that book there. What was that book again? Uh, it's Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules to Life, An Antidote to Chaos. Probably butchering the title, but you'll find it. Nice. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Take a uh, break before we go on to your recommended reading, uh, Fishing underscore Lifting. Do you recommend pushing through forearm pain or rest? 
pushing through form, pain, and rest. Um, so I would encounter this a lot when I was in the shirt. This is because so much force is going through you, and I would get some real nasty forms like the next morning. Uh, I wouldn't even want to like open my hand. Uh, I would definitely rest. You know, you want to always come into a session feeling good so you can hit your numbers and have a good training session. If I tried to lift the next day, uh, I could barely close my hand around the bar. It would get really bad. So definitely, I would say rest. That just kind of goes under the umbrella of monitoring your fatigue and knowing when to push, knowing when to lay off. All right, so I hope that answers that question. I would even throw it down. Uh, if it's, like, chronic or it's, like, more than, like, that day or that week, try to work on fixing your shit. A lot of yeah, times absolutely. you have an imbalance somewhere. Even taking a lacrosse ball around the elbow just really helps in the forearm. Yeah, if it's uh, issues been going on for a while, you might want to look into you know what might be at the root of that. Um, you know, with me, it was more that acute uh, thing where it was just I got work in the shirt and it just happened to really beat me up, so I just needed to rest. But uh, yeah, if it's a long-term thing, looking to getting that fixed. Uh, so just moving on here to uh, some books I've been reading lately. I think it's always a good thing to talk about reading. No one reads enough anymore. There's some really good shit in some books. You know, you got to keep reading, keep educating. I remember an uh, intern at Springfield College and the strength coach down there. Uh, he was really big. Brian Thompson, uh, he was really big on reading and continued education, always trying to get better. And he said he'd read 50 books a year. That was like his benchmark. So I went home, and I was like, damn it, if he's reading 50 books a year, I better get my ass reading 50 books a year. And it started off pretty good. I probably got to like 20 books, some bigger, some smaller, but I was reading about a book a week that comes out to. Uh, so I was doing a lot of reading at one point, and I just kind of fell out the wagon, but I've been trying to get back on it. More business books than anything. What books do you read? I'm in the same way. More business books, trying to get my own shit started. Yeah. But uh, those who don't read are no better in knowledge than those who can't read. Yeah. Big. That is true. That's true. Good way to look at it. But uh, yeah, the business books for me lately. I, I've I've read through my fair share of training books early on. Um, I kind of taken away a little bit from the training, uh, learning from that, and then kind of focusing more on the business aspects. You know, run your own business and whatnot. You got to be uh, fluent in that, and just kind of surround your day with people that, like you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, fantastic entrepreneur. Um, There's no shortage of his content. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just it's just flowing, and you can learn a lot from all these guys, and um, you know it's just good to surround yourself like that. You know, you're like the product of what the top five people you hang out with, kind of deal. So if you're just uh, consuming this stuff every day, it just helps you out tremendously. Um, so I'm reading right now Tim Ferriss Tribe of Mentors. Okay, and that's just a, that's a thick ass book. That, that, yeah, that's and chunky. All it is, yeah, it's just it's just interviews with people. Um, you know, really successful people, and I, I find it interesting, boring at the same time, because it's not really a story to it or chapters, it's just interviews with people, so if you get someone that doesn't really relate to you, it's kind of tough, but you, it's weird, you pick up, like, just anything from, from anyone, you know, like, uh, some of these, I have nothing in relation, totally different businesses, um, you know, I didn't even really like what they were saying, but he asked this one question, like, what's the most useful product you bought under a 100 bucks? And I think that's an awesome question, and there's some really cool stuff that pops up, whether it's an app or, or whatever it may be, and I've been writing down notes with that, and then, you know, just kind of taking note of what I'm reading and, and see if I can pick up on some stuff. But I, you know, unless I was reading that book, I would not know 
you know, what, what's going on there. So, Tribe of Mentors, that's a really good one from Tim Ferriss. Uh, anything else you've been reading lately? I uh, finished Purple Hippo a little while ago. That was what pretty Purple good. Purple Hippo? <laughs> the Purple Hippo is about finding what about your business sets you apart. Because you go out trying to make a business, try to copy someone, you're, you're missing the uniqueness of it. Oh, you know? hence Purple Pipple. Purple, purple Hippo. Hip, purple Hippo. Yep. Like the, <laughs> it's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a strong book. Would recommend purple, it. Hi, purple Hippo. The Purple Hippo. The Purple Hippo. <laughs> Guys, go out and check out the Purple Hippo. I'm going to check out the Purple Hippo. I got the food lab here, but that's just about cooking. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good, too. Yeah. You know, if you're especially nutrition heavy, you got to know how to... Uh, you know, make your shit taste good too. Yep. I mean, it's tough eating bland food, um, so that's that's a good one. But yeah, I've been focusing more on the business realm lately. Um, I had past past weekend. I've uh, been doing, been getting heavy on the bench clinics. Actually, went. I was just uh, mentioning it beginning here. Went down to Holyoke, Mass. Kicked off the season of bench clinics uh, at Big Rich's gym down there. He has an awesome set. If you already listened to the episode, you know what I'm talking about. He doesn't open that gym to the public. It's just people, you know, that want to come in and train and, and he seeks them out and whoever is really just invested in their training and it's really a no bullshit place and they get work done. I think that's a really cool concept. Um, you know, building that training environment there. Uh, you could feel it when you walked in, but it was a great time. You know, we had like probably 18 people or so and, um, I think everyone took away something from that. It was a really good uh, experience for all of them. I could see it that you know they, they all had something they wanted to get back to training with and, and start applying it. And um, you know, I, I had a blast myself. And we're going to do a bench clinic coming up this weekend. And then the next weekend after that, we're heading over to New York City. Very excited for that. Get into the city, do a little bench clinic down at Concrete Jungle Strength and Conditioning. And uh, they've just been really positive for everyone. I, I enjoy being there because I learn something from everyone. You know, when people don't understand cues, it actually helps me get better because then I find other ways to teach them, you know, the same type of concept. And then I'm like, wow, this really clicked for them. I wonder how many other people it'll click for. And then there we go. We're making videos on it. So that's kind of how, you know, my topics come up. But, yeah, if you're interested in hosting a bench clinic, and yeah, I haven't traveled too much out of the local area, but I w will travel out to your gym if you want to set something up. If you're at a CrossFit, you're at a powerlifting place, uh, I, heck, you even at a commercial gym that wants to host something and learn how to bench press safely and effectively, uh, I will come out to you. Just message me and uh, you know let me know the details on that, and we'll set something up for sure. I think it'll be super rewarding. Um, you know, people learn so much through my online coaching stuff, but you know, also just having me there in person just for a little bit, the things you can pick away from a clinic like that is just tremendous. I've learned so much from the things that I've been to over the year. You ever been to any seminars? Uh, I, I just record a couple seminars, but it. Yeah, he's always recording yeah. the seminars. Do you even get to enjoy the seminar when you're recording it? Do you even understand? Like, I, I end up on? learning so much because I have like all the footage from the seminar. Oh, so. you're just going through yep. it, yeah. I learn while I'm there, and then I have like more notes when I'm editing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I like. Uh, we had quite a few people come down to the gym, but I really like Stan Efforting was great. You know that guy, man. This whole vertical diet thing. Yeah. How do you feel about that vertical diet? I feel man, like everyone's hopping on that right now. It's 
I hear it's just like steak and rice or something. And then the concepts yep. just kind of build upon good habits, which, you know, should be anyone's diet. <laughs> but, you know, this thing with, with Stan, though, is when he talks, you just you just listen. Like yep. He's very fluent, uh, very smart guy. You know, he could tell you something that's entirely false, but the way he says it, you're just like, I'm sold. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's having a lot of success with that, it seems like. A lot of people jumping on that. Um, yeah, we had some great ones. Vinny DiZenzo, I loved uh, hearing from Vinny DiZenzo because he's a bencher. So having a quick bencher down to the gym to learn from was awesome. Uh, I remember seeing him hit 900. I was competing at that meet, uh, and, and that was ridiculous. So, yeah, you learn a lot from, from the clinics. I love doing them. The hands-on portion is especially beneficial. That's when you actually get a chance to come up and bench, and, you know, we kind of just dissect what's going on, how you can continue to get better. Hands-on is a good move because it cements the things you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think next year, too, uh, I'm trying to think of ways to build this bigger and better, and I'm thinking I want to make it more of like a weekend-type deal in which – we have a, a whole training session too. I think that'd be pretty cool. Get some training in uh, as well, and then maybe seminar the next day or, or seminar compared with training too. Um, just you, you learn a lot when everyone's just together, going through the motions and adding heavy weight and just having a good time. You know, it's always a good environment for learning. So the big thing that we unveiled at the bench clinic last weekend was the torque bar. All right, that torque bar, man, that's a great training tool. That's huge. You know, added simplicity. All it is is made of PVC, but we went ahead. Um, we add a little bit of grip texture to it. We put the actual power rings on. We have Olympic rings on there, so you can use it through all different disciplines. Um, it's a really complete look, uh, and we're only selling that thing for $14.99, the torque bar. You can get that bigbenches.com store. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, it might even be on, um, you know, the Bench Buddy website as well. Speaking of the Bench Buddy, someone actually asked to explain the Bench Buddy. Uh, who's that? That is Brian the Hulk Forbes. Bench Buddy. Yeah. Uh, bench Buddy, pretty much. I don't want to go too much into it, uh, but it's a pad for your bench that is going to be a complete game changer. So. You know, you hear of those options you have out there to add traction to your bench, the yoga mat, the bands. None of them are optimal. Yoga mats are dirty. They get dirty quick. Um, they get this, ruined. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, you don't want to have to carry around a yoga mat and throw that thing on. They, they don't really hold to the benches great. Uh, this, this thing, the bench buddy, it's going to be a game changer. There's a lot popping out there now, but ours is, is just different. All right, without giving too much away, ours is different. It's going to be a lot more comfortable on your shoulders. Uh, it's going to be applicable to any bench, not just a power bench. It's going to be very applicable to your commercial gym bench, which is really people were trying to target power lifters stuck in a commercial gym setting where you're benching on those LA Fitness benches, no traction whatsoever. Sometimes you know they don't want you bringing in this stuff attached to the bands or whatever, um, but. Yeah, the Bench Buddy going to be very portable. Wanted to make sure it was a nice portable product to fit right in your gym bag, carry along with you. Um, but right now, we're just kind of going through the steps with manufacturing. We got to, you know, find the right cost. We don't want this product to be too expensive for people. So we're trying to find that sweet spot and then just get it out there. 
but I'm very excited for the bench buddy to come to fruition eventually. Uh, and then, you know, this torque bar under the same umbrella of the bench buddy brand uh, that we're building, the torque bar, great training tool, like I was saying, you got all the rings on the bar, but you can bend it, it's PVC, you can bend, and you can physically see how you're bending the bar. Um, you can feel that lat engagement. You tried the torque bar. It's great. Yeah, just you can feel your lats back. right on. Yeah, yeah. You know, use part of the warm up. That. Get the priming in. Yeah, absolutely. The warm up. It's huge because it gets you into the right state of mind. Focus on the right muscle group off the bat. Um, you don't get that with a power bar. A lot of people were bending the bar the wrong way. Yeah. And I was surprised by that because I just <laughs> thought, you know, bend the bar. It's like pinkies down towards your feet, but people were bending it. Around um, the chest. Yeah, like yeah. thumb going up. Yeah, around the chest, so to speak. As opposed to, like, if there's a pole coming through the middle of you, you bend it around that pole. I honestly you know? think it's more common that people are bending it around their chest than the way that you're describing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, which is really surprising to me. But you know, if you have a torque bar, you'll know. Um, and you know, it's going to come with a little instruction pamphlet there, just so you know, too, how that bar is supposed to bend. And... It's really a game changer, guys. Definitely go ahead and pre-order them. Um, you know, by the time this is uploaded, you might just be able to grab some, or ship it out to you. But uh, yeah, great tool. Order a bunch. We have light and heavy tensions. Heavy tension, I'd say, over 400 pound bench because it's pretty decently difficult to bend that bar, and uh, it's great for squats because squats you just by the lat pull pull down motion there on your back you're going to be able to bend that bar more effectively and he doesn't want to say it but it's also great for deadlifts yes yeah well yep. what's great for deadlifts that light tension one yep. i actually was deadlifting today uh, i don't i'm not, not proud, very much not but. proud to say that but <laughs> but um yeah i had the light tension bar and i was i hooked up a band to it so i was uh going through like a little banded deadlift the band pulling the bar away so i had to use my lats to pull it in and i had to use my lats to actually bend the torque bar so that was a great warm-up. Uh, and also, the light one's good. Anyone under 400-pound bench, you're going to see more bend in that bar. It's going to be more ackable to your strength level. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead, grab one of those bars. Super excited to get that out because I know how game-changing it can be. Real, real game-changing, guys. Um, so what's going on in your training lately, Elvis? Well, one thing I added into my training, just a new part of my warm-up, is actually priming. It's like you go through your day, you have all these patterns that you're doing, you're like defaulting different muscles, and that might not be optimal for what you're trying to lift. So a lot of people have like the sleepy butt syndrome, you know, just priming the glutes for a deadlift or a squat just really resets the pelvis, really gets you to go. I got you. So you're just going through more, I guess, exercises before you go into train? Yeah, it's kind of like a... Glute bridges or some something. Some glute bridges and new warm-ups and everything. Yeah, I like that concept. That's a big one. Uh, that's really how I teach in the bench clinic to end your warm-up and get your uh, rolling in, get the blood flow going, stretch while you're getting warm, and then you can go into movements such as that. I like to keep it explosive, yep. you know, like a box jump for a squat or something. And uh, you know, that really helps, especially sluggish people, people that don't really pick up to the very end, a lot of the older population too. I feel like they don't pick it up. They're doing five by five. Their best set's probably their last set. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. They pick it up way too late. Um, and I think just getting those explosive exercises in makes such a difference for them. Um, they just feel up the pace quicker. 
So, you know, that's probably what you talked about there, right? Yep, yep. Because I, I used to just warm up with the movement itself. Yeah. So going into the gym, just going right to the squat bar, just, you know, empty bar, just getting some squats, and that was my warm up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now I just have to sit down all day. Yeah. And it's tough, too, because, you know, you're not, maybe you're not active in a certain part of that pattern. And, yep, yep. You know, like a glute bridge, you can really focus in on the glutes, you know, a little more isolative. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's definitely a great way to warm up. A big thing, too, is uh, with runners. A lot of runners have trouble activating their glutes and squats and deadlifts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you, it's, you can feel when you're on or you're off. You know, 100%. You feel a little disconnected. Um, but, yeah, that's a great way to warm up. I've been, uh, like I said, deadlifting today. Man, it's tough, I tell you. I, I really don't have a meet coming up for full power. So when you just don't have that end goal, you know, something, like something to work towards, finding that, that motivation, like that killer instinct for the squats and deads, it's just really tough. It's really tough because you don't, like, unless you're competing with someone, you know, you're not doing competition. You know, you don't have a full power meet coming up. Mostly competing in the bench nowadays. So it's just tough to bring it on those days. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, you guys I, help because you, you pump me up, piss me off, and then I want to <laughs> beat everyone. Just <laughs> talk shit the entire time. Yeah, I'm a shit talker, <laughs> Skywalker. And that's about all I'll do. And we got to send you back there every week. That's, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I come in, talk a bunch of shit, sometimes get my ass kicked, and then we on to the next week, same deal. Yep. But uh, I'll catch him eventually. I uh, got this bench meet coming up in July. July 14th. That's going to be a good one. I just got a shirt in from Inzer. And, man, this thing, I got it triple shirt. Or, I'm sorry, triple sleeve, triple chest, and I got it grid stitched. Um, and uh, I uh, tried, tried wearing it. Oh, burping a little bit in my coffee here. <laughs> got to get your Starbucks coffee. Every time we do this podcast, we always got our coffees. Um, put that shirt on, and damn, like I went back to Baby Gap. I haven't had a shirt that tight in a long, long time. When you first got it in, I was kind of scared. I was wondering if Man, you did that. Man, I off. couldn't get my arm in the thing. Yep. I like the ah oh, the chest. Oh, so tight. That thing, uh, you got like an inch of chest plate. I was uh, I was wondering nuts. if you wanted to plan to drop the two twenty. Yeah, it, it looked like I'd have to lose 40 pounds, but uh, I wanted a good third attempt shirt, something that would take me a while to break in, and it's getting there. Uh, I've been having it hanging up between two bars at the gym, so talking like breaking in a shirt, how we've been doing it. To get the sleeves broken in, we'd hang. So I put the shirt, uh, the sleeve, through a barbell in the rack, and then I would take another lighter uh, barbell, and I would thread it through the same sleeve, and I would weight it down, you know, whether that's plates or I found more effective chains because usually you don't have too much distance between those barbells. So I put some chains over the end and uh, I wet the shirt and I just let it stay. And it's worked like a beauty. Uh, and that shirt's already starting to really spread out for me. Uh, that chest plate, like I said, super, super tight, maybe like an inch there. It was nuts. Everyone was like, what the hell? And, uh, you know, I couldn't even like, my hands were pretty much like glued together. That thing was rough, uh, but I put it, again, I put a barbell in one sleeve, barbell in the other sleeve, so it stretches on more of the chest plate. I wet that thing down. If you go on at Bench and Benny, you'll see my little tribal routine, how I like to wet the shirt. I urge you to go check that out. You'll find it. Um, 
but I wet that baby down, left it overnight. Um, then I came in the next day, I put some more chains on it. So I had about 160 pounds or 120 pounds of chains, I think, on that bar, something like that. And um, I let it stay again overnight. And that chest plate really opened up for me. So I'm sneaking right into that baby now. Uh, but that was aggressive. I'm excited to see what happens in training with that thing. But, you know, that's my strategy going forward. Old shirt, opener second, and then just throw this thing on and shoot for something. You know what I'm saying? It's going to get weird. Yeah, it is going to get weird. We're going to have to get the safety pins up. It's going to go down. Uh, what do we got? Any uh, questions rolling in? Anything going on? Nope. All right, we got the live Instagram up today on the BenchCast. So we have some people joining in, watching on Instagram live. Just a reminder, always watch our Instagram. If we go live, we are likely always filming a podcast, and that is your opportunity to get on the BenchCast and ask your questions. All right, this is an interactive show. So, you know, sometimes we get some really good questions, and we just start rolling from there. So feel free, drop your questions down below for me or small arm, leg strong. We're out here, beautiful day, out in Big Benches HQ. We're going to have a great bench night tomorrow. Uh, really excited to be taking a fiber of max feet up. That's a, kind of a big milestone along my training path. You know, just see where I'm at early off-season or later off-season there. Yeah, what's what's some big milestones in your training? We all that's a real good concept we should cover is knowing those milestones in your training so you can gauge where you are. Yep, yep. You know, five rep, three rep max, whatever it may be. Everyone's got a little bit of a different one. I think everyone just goes by the big ones like the plate milestones, you know? Yeah. Well not not just that, but like progression through training cycle. Ah, no, just just plate milestones. <laughs> <laughs> now like if you conjugate lifter conjugate system what west side barbell does get the three rep five rep yeah they do also you know they're usually maxing out some capacity every week so say they're doing uh, the movements like a pin press bands uh, you could do all kinds of crazy bullshit you know but you're trying to pick exercises you know help you if you hit a 10 pound pr on that maybe the last time you did the exercise was like five weeks ago and then you go ahead and hit a 10 pound pr you know you're getting stronger in some capacity whether it's specific to that movement or if it's actually going to transfer to your bench press, that's what you kind of got to figure out. But if you're hitting those PRs along the way, you know you're primed up to potentially hit a new max. All right, say uh, we just had um, one of the ladies at the gym, Kendall. She she did, um, I was asking her today, hey, Kendall, what's your best deadlift? She said 255. Um, and then, you know, I'm going off trying to make a, a go up the percentages for the day. And then she tells me, but my eight rep max was 225. So I'm like, well, shit. (laughs) Your training max is a little higher. So we know when she goes to one rep, her potential is going to be much, much higher. So that eight rep max is a good progression along the way that we know her one rep is a lot higher than, you know, what what it is last time. All right, so she's primed up the PR. For me, that feet up five rep max bench, uh, last time we did that, 345. End result at the meet, 7.05. So, um, you know, I think it's fair to say it's a good thing if I hit 3.55 that I'm on pace at least to do something better than what I did previous. I, I got to say, when I uh, I ran the Lift Run Bang program, 
one of the one, one of the milestones one. was um, you could hit I think three sixty five or three eighty five deadlift for ten. So if you do that for ten, you could probably do five hundred for one. That was when I was chasing five hundred. Okay. I, I hit it. Butter smooth ten. You 10 hit rep. the five. Oh, you hit the ten. Three eighty five for ten, and then the next week I knew I was ready. And I took five hundred for my first time ever getting that one. That's real yep. interesting because you didn't go too heavy for that. No. Nope. That's a manageable weight, but you stuck to the reps. Yep. The, the entire time I was stuck forever at four seventy five. I needed some outside help, read that program, said, cut everything down under 400, not going to touch 400 for about a month, mm -hmm. and then took that trading, skyrocketed. That's interesting, because I did that program too, and every time I've hit my goal squat, the last one I did with that, 630 in wraps, um, you were there most of the time, yeah, I think yeah. I went over 575 the whole no. time, and then all of a sudden, last week, 630 on the bar, uh, hit it, butter smooth, went really well. Um, and I just found that very interesting. You don't really have to push away all the time. Sometimes that just kind of sets you up for an injury. Yep, you did the, uh, falls to the wall. five down to the three singles, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we just, that was the same progression every week. You just kind of take those three singles, and um, it was, everything was manageable. It was, I wouldn't say it was heavy. It was, it was you know, It was like difficult. a moderate intensity. Yeah, it wasn't. Difficult. But couldn't get out of bed and do it, but, you know. Yeah, it, it was not, you know, balls to the wall shit might break down here uh the technique was good throughout so you know at the end i just took it because i knew it worked the first time i did was 500 um sleeves only and it worked out great for that and it worked out for my 630 and wraps lift run bang was a great program uh and it's it just goes to show you you don't always have to go super high intensity and push the weight all the time to make progress i think a lot of people could benefit from that you know, I gotta say, because a lot of new people, they want to just push a heavier weight each week, yeah. and they don't use these milestones, these things. Try to like yeah. back off a little bit, hit a rep PR. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, rep PR is just as good as a one rep max because you know your potential higher. Yep. And you're not trying to hit a one rep. One rep's dangerous. You know, one rep can be very dangerous. Technique can break down. You know, you're pushing your body to the limit. And just the fatigue accumulation you get from that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of neural fatigue from that. That really wears on you because you have to have every muscle engaged to really perform that one rep max. So, uh, you know, having a, a eight rep max or like ten reps, you know, having a goal ten reps. Yep. You know, if that's increasing, your potential to hit a one rep is higher. So, good thing to keep in mind when you guys are going through programs, you're doing your own programming. Uh, you don't always have to try to push that number. How many times a year you say you test the one rep max? I know uh, Post says I test every week, but th th that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, how, how often do you really think it is? I feel like it's every like three or four months, if that. Yeah, yeah that's what That's I on would, the generous side, too. Usually that's, if you do three meets a year, uh, that would be about that, be four months in between. Uh, even if you do two a year, you're probably still going through a couple training cycles leading well, up maxing. to one. Yeah, you're going to be testing eventually, so... I'd say I test my one rep probably three times a year. And my raw bench max, since that's not you know, a goal for me during the training year, I do that once a year. You know, I usually have one opportunity to up my raw max per year. And uh, this past year, put 15 pounds on it. I was freaking ecstatic about that. Doesn't seem like a ton, but once you start getting up there and weight, you take whatever you can get. Yep, yep. I've been stuck at a weight for like a year before. And that really sucked. So, you know, any progress is great progress. I mean, the biggest thing, especially when you're going from beginner to intermediate to advanced, 
is to not let the weight slowing down affect you too much. Because you, you and I both know, we can take a, a, like a young man off the street, get him to like a four-plate deadlift in almost no time. That, that's just yeah. like a piece of cake. It's, yeah. But going from four to five, you know, it's slightly difficult. Going from five to six, six to seven, seven to eight. Yeah, you got to stick your balls in that one. Woo. That is a tough journey. It just gets tougher as you continue to go. You know, obviously you get some freaks that just seem to get there real quick, but everyone's progress slows down yep. eventually. It's not going to continue in that drastic way forever. It's eventually going to get tough for everyone, and that's where I've seen a lot of good lifters kind of just drop off. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they end up injured, and then they're not where they were before, and they have a hard time with that, and they just kind of say, forget it. Yep. You know, Move whatever. On something else. Whatever it may be, but you know, you you gotta realize if you're getting into this, enjoy those 30 pound PRs now, because I'm telling you, you are not gonna have <laughs> them forever. That is for damn sure. You're gonna be happy with a five pound PR eventually. And uh, that's kind of where you find out what you're made of. You know, that's a true mental skill to test there. Um, Vinny Dezenzo, he said he was stuck at uh, trying to get that 600 bench for three years' time. Imagine that. Like, he's training hard. No slouch. He's getting after it in the gym. And he he's not questioning his effort. He is busting it. But, man, three years and that thing didn't move for him. Imagine how happy he was if he could hit 605. I'm sure when that finally came through, he was ecstatic. Uh, but it, it gets tough, and you got to realize that it's going to be a grind. And you got to buckle up and just enjoy the process, I'd say. It's the biggest advice I could give for that. Rob Mantovini is going to get a 700-plus pound squatting gear next week and then a 500-pound bench plus Hell week yeah, after his next milestones. Yeah. It's pretty good so, milestones. Rob is actually doing um, – June what, the 23rd, RPS Connecticut States. He's trying to qualify for the Arnold Classic this upcoming year. Um, and I have him doing certain numbers along the way. So just like how when, when I was also training for the Arnold Classic and how a lot of people, uh, especially in equipment training at our place, we will do the reverse band stuff. So there's little numbers you have to hit along the way. So I know, you know, whereabouts he needs to be uh, in numbers-wise to hit this total. And we'll plan it out. So it's just kind of hitting those milestones along the way. You know, if he does this, goes well, all right, let's do this with bands. So it's taking a little off. Uh, eventually we're going to have to hit that straight weight. Uh, we'll push a little more with the bands, see what he can do. Or we'll just work the bands down until it's close to straight weight. Uh, yeah, obviously make sure the recovery is in there. He's good to go before the meet. But... Those are those milestones along the way that we talk about that we need to see. Like uh, for for me, when I'm getting ready for bench competition, that one I don't go lower than a one board with my third attempt. So I took 705 to the one board, and it went really well. If it did not go well, then I would be like, shit, <laughs> I don't think I'm doing 705. You know, because nothing in training told me that that's going to happen for me if I can't even hit it to the one board good you see a lot of people trying to hit these things off one boards two boards just ugly I see a lot of people pull numbers out their ass for their openers yeah that's, that, that's it's ugly like if you have a hard time to the two board how do you expect to take it down two more boards to the chest and, and have success with that for some people at me it's having a hard time with their warm-ups yeah yep it's unbelievable uh, but that that's usually 
too, a lot of beginners, they just don't know better. We, we did that podcast and that. But, um, yeah, like that, when I was going for 700 the first time, took 700 to the one board. A little shaky, wasn't the best lockout. I knew I could hit it at the meet. Uh, almost did, too. And then I this next training cycle, when I went for the 705, it went even smoother off the one board. So I knew uh, it was definitely there strength-wise. But having those milestones along the way, very, very important. You don't want to just blindly shoot for one rep maxes. You got to have something along the way in training that's telling you. That you're able to even hit it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, really big. Have those milestones in your training. So, we're well into this podcast now. We got any questions rolling in? Any comments? No, Rob was the last one. All right. We're going to wrap this shindig up. I'm going to be working on some things for our new six-week challenge. All right, the six-week challenge is awesome. Uh, We have a great time. I'm going to be promoting that soon, getting a lot of people on board with that. Uh, We have, you know, the statistics are going to be on the website. You know, people have seen results going through our six-week challenge. It is going to be a fantastic time. Uh, You're going to have the opportunity to see yourself get onto our top 10 board on the website. All right, and you are going to get stronger. I'm going to make sure you get stronger. It's it's really a great time. Ask anyone that's been through the six week challenge. Um, you know, great experience, you know, especially with the additional coaching involved. Uh, definitely keep your eyes out for that. We're doing some some work with that, making it bigger and better every time. I want that to be like a big event. Usually we do that like twice a year, the six week challenge. And uh, I'm really excited to bring that to you again. So keep your ears and eyes open for that one. All right. So that's it for today. At small arm, leg, strong. You can see Elvis, all right, on Instagram. And myself, you can follow me at at Big Benches, of course. If you uh, want to interact with us live on the podcast, go on to Instagram, give us a follow, and you can follow me at Bench and Benny, that's my personal account. Go check out our YouTube channel. That's where all the videos drop. You can see them in full length. Small arm, legs strong, behind the camera. Working the camera. Um, but definitely check that out. Give us a subscribe. And please don't forget, you iTunes, go leave a five-star review. If you let him know you left the review, you're getting a lanyard for that review. You're getting a team lanyard. And this isn't any team lanyard, guys. These are not dollar store lanyards. These are not, though. They have a breakaway clip, a detachable neck, and a bottle opener bottom. These are the real deal Holyfields. When I made these freaking lanyards, I was like, I'm not getting any old lanyard. Nylon strap. You know, I wish I had it on me right now. (laughs) But, man, these are top-of-the-line lanyards. This is no bullshit. So... Um, I will ship that out to you. Just leave a five-star review. It helps a lot. We appreciate that. All right. This has been the BenchCast. Thank you guys for listening once again. Lady, yo.